0: Hi, I'm Jordan. And I'm Kit. Welcome to Starry Time, where stars plus lines
1: equal stories.
0: On this month's podcast, we are going to be visiting Scorpius, the scorpion of the night sky.
1: Scorpius is the southernmost constellation in the zodiac, even though it lies across the celestial equator along with all the other zodiac constellations.
0: Scorpius as a constellation predates our good friend Ptolemy and the ancient Greeks, though he, of course, did include it in his great. 48 constellations in the Almagest.
1: As we mentioned last month, the ancient Greeks and others in the ancient world included Libra in this constellation of Scorpius, where the scales were often called the claws of the scorpion.
0: So in the ancient past, this constellation would have been really large. But based on the current IAU constellation boundaries, it comes in at 497 square degrees, ranking 33rd overall. And among the Zodiac constellations, it is actually the third smallest, as it is only larger than the golden flying ram Aries and our favorite sea goat dad, Capricornus.
1: Right, and this same constellation is also known as Maui's hook, the brooded swan, and even the leaning coconut tree in other traditions and cultures.
0: So it seems like this constellation can look like many things. What were your first impressions of Scorpius Kit?
1: Well, in the IAU drawing, it kind of did remind me of a fish hook with like a handle at the top of it, Or maybe, like, a clothes hanger. So I definitely saw that, like, Maui's hook much more than I saw uh, Scorpion. Um, I also saw some other depictions that looked like a dandelion being blown over. But I I couldn't really get to Scorpion. How about you?
0: Yeah, when I looked Mm -hmm. at it, it looked like these, like, microscopic pictures of, like, little hydra creatures and that have all sorts of little fanned heads and then like long tails also kind of just looks like an anchor to me like a really fancy anchor or a hook it also did sort of vaguely look like a creature to me like uh, mm-hmm. maybe a two-legged snake more than a scorpion but i could see something that sort of reminded me of a stick figure of an animal Though, Scorpion might not have been my first guess.
1: It definitely has some unique shapes relative to other constellations and polygons that we've seen, but I'm not sure if these particular uh, descriptions are going to help. So there are some other ways you can find it.
0: Sure, it can be found between Libra and Sagittarius. And if you're someplace very dark, you can see Scorpius' tail near the center of the Milky Way galaxy.
1: Mm -hmm. Which is, of course, our home galaxy.
0: It's visible between 40 degrees and negative 90 degrees latitude, which means it's most visible in the southern hemisphere of the sky. So now we know where and when to find Scorpius, we have a vague understanding of what it looks like. Let's talk about some of the stars that comprise this constellation.
1: So the constellation itself is comprised of 18 main stars, but to change things up a little bit, I think we're not going to go through all three of the brightest stars, and instead I think we're going to talk about only the one brightest star and try out a new segment that we're calling Bear's Variable Star. But let's get started with the brightest star in Scorpius. What is it? Tell us about it.
0: Sure, Kit. The brightest star in Scorpius is, drumroll please... Alpha Scorpi! Bayer,
1: it's a New Year's miracle! Good job, Bayer. Well,
0: we shouldn't be too impressed, because Alpha Scorpi is also known as Antares, and it's the 16th brightest star in the entire night sky, so... (laughs) Low-hanging fruit there. Gotta win the easy ones, Bayer. But yes, Antares is the IAU designated name, which means anti-Mars or rival of Mars. But it's sometimes also called the heart of the scorpion. The system itself is actually a double system that's assumed to be a binary. The system has a variable apparent magnitude of 0.6 to 1.6. And the system is between 550 and 604 light years from the solar system, depending on the source you're actually looking at. It's comprised of an extremely large red giant star that is 700 times the diameter of the sun, as well as a main blue-white sequence star. Antares is also represented on the flag of Brazil.
1: Given the brightness of Antares and its reddish hue, it's probably not a surprise that the ancient Egyptian, Chinese, and Babylonian astronomies mentioned this specific star— And I'd also point out that this star is actually larger than perhaps the more famous red giant of the night sky, which is the star Betelgeuse, which is located in the constellation Orion.
0: Spoilers! We'll get to you soon enough, Orion.
1: And maybe a little bit today. Before we get to our new segment, though, I want to just give a quick shout-out to Lambda Scorpii or Shaula from an Arabic phrase meaning raised tail because it's, it's the second brightest star in Scorpius.
0: Well, you ruined Bayer's streak of going one for one.
1: <laughs> um, I had to be done because this star is actually the twenty-third brightest star in the sky, so I just wanted to give a Yeah, definitely deserved a there. shout
0: out. But okay, let's get to our new segment, Bayer's Variable Star. The premise of this segment is we're going to work our way through the Bayer designated stars in the constellation each month. So this month we'll start with beta and then next month we'll talk about gamma.
1: Yeah, so the basic idea is that we will talk about the brightest star and then also kind of work our way through some of Bayer's designated stars, which may or may not be very bright as the case may be. Before we get into discussing Beta Scorpii though, I want to just make a note that the title of the segment is kind of misleading because variable stars, which actually include stars like Anatares or Alpha. Scorpii, um, are basically ones that have changing apparent magnitude over time, and sometimes this is due to changes in the star itself or due to changes in our view from Earth. But these variable stars, as they're called, weren't identified in modern astronomy until 1638, and they are credited to Johannes Poluarda, who was a Frisian astronomer and also physician and philosopher, as you did in the 1600s.
0: No internet, no TV, lots of free time, philosopher, physician, popular Mm -hmm. job description. (laughs) Totally. So basically what Kit's saying is that contemporary astronomers identified variable stars after Bayer's star catalog. Uranometria was published in 1603, so just enjoy the astronomy pun and don't at us, Okay.
1: Although speaking of history and the history of variable stars, we should just give a shout out to Henrietta Swan-Leavitt, who identified some 2,400 variable stars from photographic plates between 1907 and her death in
0: 1921. Wow. 2,400 Mm -hmm. variable stars. Mm -hmm. We definitely need to add her to the asterisms list for a future deep dive.
1: Absolutely. But onwards to Beta Scorpii. So let's just start with the caveat here that the Wikipedia on this star has a straight up hierarchy diagram of orbits in the system. Very complicated. So complicated. So if I get this wrong, um, let me know. I'd be happy to see a a graphic demonstration of this at any point in time, that would be great. But as far as I can tell, there are two interrelated systems called Beta-1 Scorpii and Beta-2 Scorpii which together have a combined apparent magnitude of 2.5. So beta 1 Scorpii and beta 2 Scorpii are two systems that orbit another, but each of the two systems are comprised of three stars. So six stars total. And then there's also a seventh star called beta Scorpii D, which seems like one of those close but not part of the orbit situations. And then to add even more complexity, some people have theorized that the two systems, each of three stars, also have an additional star that we haven't seen yet or haven't seen evidence of yet.
0: So we're talking about a minimum here of seven stars and Mm -hmm. possibly perhaps even nine stars.
1: Yeah, there's a lot going on. A very wild. The system is about 470 light years away. It's estimated to be about 6 million years old. And the largest parts of the system are much more massive than the Sun at 10 and 15 solar masses.
0: Large and in charge. That's my summary of this system. I don't know. Seems like it would be a pretty big competitor for Gold Star of the Month, Kit.
1: Oh, don't you worry. I got something exciting planned.
0: Oh, I'm excited. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back to learn about Kit's Gold Star of the Month. Welcome back. This segment is called Gold Star. In this segment, we alternate picking the star or space object in our constellation of the month Mm -hmm. that captures our mind, our heart, and Mm. our soul. Mm. This month, Kit, you're up. So what was your choice?
1: So even though Scorpius is a relatively small constellation among the other zodiac constellations, as you mentioned at the top of the show, there are still some pretty cool space objects to choose from. So for example, there's Messier 80, which is one of the first discoveries of Charles Messier. There is the oft-photographed butterfly nebula Beautiful. there's also a recurrent nova system called u scorpii which we've observed sort of getting brighter and then subsiding Whoa. eight times most recently yeah most recently in june 2022 and for the first time in 1863 making it one of only 10 recurrent nova systems in the milky way that we found so far but none of these won Michael. wow star.
0: you got a lot of interesting options here so what did you wind up choosing if not one of them.
1: Great question. So I ended up going with PSR B1620-26B.
0: As usual, a very catchy name.
1: (laughs) Very. It is an exoplanet that has the informal nickname Methuselah. Luckily,
0: that is much more memorable. But wait, I seem to remember, isn't Methuselah in Libra?
1: So this is a good question. So there is a star called Methuselah. In Libra, located in the constellation Libra, which is actually HD 140283.
0: As we all all know. But
1: this, as we all remember and can definitely memorize, but this exoplanet has the same unofficial nickname.
0: All right. So what's so special about this exoplanet? I assume it must have to do with its age, right? Given its connection to the biblical figure?
1: Exactly. So Methuselah is the exoplanet, not the star is estimated to be 12,400 light-years from Earth, and the planet is estimated to be 12.7 Whoa, billion years old.
0: That's almost as old as the universe, which is, what, 13.7 billion years old? Wow, so it must have formed really early on in the universe's history.
1: Yes, so it's extremely old, and there's some other interesting things about this exoplanet. Um, the first is that it's located in a circumbinary
0: orbit. Circumbinary Which means it orbits two stars?
1: Yeah. So usually what's happening in these systems is that there's two stars in a binary system. So the two stars are orbiting each other and the planet orbits them both um, at a further distance away. And this is obviously in contrast to a planet like Earth that orbits a single star, But it's also possible for there to be binary star systems where a planet orbits only one of the stars. So in this case, what's happening is there's two stars um, in an orbit together and Methuselah orbits around both of them on the outer perimeter. And this is the good part. The two stars that it's orbiting? Yeah. A pulsar and a white dwarf.
0: Whoa. So that kind of makes Methuselah like one of these zombie planets from your gold star in Virgo.
1: Yeah, so just a quick reminder, right, that a pulsar is a neutron star and a white dwarf is a collapsed star. So basically, these are like dead slash dying stars slash deadish stars.
0: probably means Methuselah wasn't part of this system originally.
1: Exactly, because it would have been sort of blown away during one of these events, either the collapse Mm -hmm. for a white dwarf or the the pulsar. Um, So the current thinking is that the planet formed around the white dwarf after it had become a white dwarf. And then the system was caught by the neutron star. The
0: wow, PSR. Methuselah, what a journey you've been on. Welcome to the Gold Star of the Month Club 2, perhaps our oldest member, Exoplanet PSR mm. B1620-26B, our guy, Methuselah.
1: welcome back so we've talked astronomy with our segments cosmic background brightest star Bayer's variable star and gold star so let's get to the myths of scorpius what do you remember about this myth Yeah, this one i was really blank on
0: i mean i remembered of course it's a big scorpion but i couldn't remember who it was connected to or what part of a larger narrative it mm-hmm. had all i remembered was it's a scorpion how about you kit <laughs>
1: Yeah, so based on our discussion of the crab and cancer, episode 7, if everyone wants to listen, I kind of assumed that this was another, like, Hera fighting dirty versus Hercules thing. My
0: analysis, turns out, wasn't super far off. Because in the Greco-Roman mythology, Scorpius is placed into the night sky after felling a hero. But this time it's just not Hercules.
1: New New hero hero alert? alert.
0: So, in this Greco-Roman myth, Scorpius is the scorpion, who kills the hunter Orion. Since Orion has his own constellation, we'll explore his business another time. But suffice to say, he's a hero much like all the other ancient heroes. Probably not actually that great of a dude, but venerated nevertheless.
1: Yeah, I mean, just remember Pollux and Castor are dude bros in Gemini who stole their cousins' wives, or Achilles, who not only kills, but just like Desecrates Hector's body in the Iliad, so some of these heroes are leave a little bit to be desired.
0: So keep that in mind as we keep going. Yeah, there are a few differing versions on how the scorpion and Orion came to be connected. First, in Hesiod's work, The Astronomy, he tells us that Orion, who was friends, slash, more than friends, slash, not at all friends with the goddess Artemis, is out hunting with Artemis and her mother Leto, and states that he will kill all of the creatures of the world. Gaia, the goddess of Earth, and a primordial being, overhears this and doesn't take too kindly to this blatant display of hubris and this threat, and she sends a giant scorpion to kill Orion. Artemis and Leto then ask Zeus to put Orion and the scorpion in the stars, in memorial, or as a reminder of the perils of excessive pride.
1: Yeah, and I think it's kind of interesting to note that the scorpion was located on the opposite uh, side of Orion, so the enemies don't share the night sky together, but they're constantly sort of uh, chasing one another. And there are
0: a few different versions of this myth. There's also a version where Artemis and Leto are the ones that send the scorpion to kill him for his boast. In another version of the myth, Orion tries to force himself on Artemis, and she sends a scorpion to kill him. In another version, Apollo, who is Artemis's twin, sends a scorpion to kill orion because of his relationship with artemis so basically long short of it god sends scorpion to kill orion for being just a jerk
1: um i also looked into the babylonian mythology related to the constellation scorpius and it kind of reminded me of beta scorpii so
0: six to nine parts
1: Three, but yes. So basically in ancient Babylonian lore, the constellation was three distinct parts, all of the scorpion. The first was the claws, which became Libra, which we talked about last month. There was the breast of the scorpion and then the stinger of the scorpion. And each of these things were associated with different deities. So the breast of the scorpion was associated with the goddess who was a mother goddess or maybe a goddess of lamentation. And then the stinger was associated with the god Nonorta, who was a god of farming, healing, hunting, and war. And the entire constellation together was associated with the goddess Ishara, who seems to be a love goddess of some kind. So all these different associations, but I wasn't actually really able to find too much about the specific myths Of these gods and the scorpion together. One
0: of those things that's been shrouded to history. We know these associations exist, but perhaps not the full story. I think it's also worth mentioning the Hawaiian myth related to the constellation Scorpius, which is known instead as the fishhook of Maui. Maui was a demigod Mm -hmm. in Hawaiian mythology who famously used his fishhook to pull up the islands of Hawaii.
1: Awesome. So we've got several iterations of the Orion and Scorpion myth. We have some insights into Babylonian astronomy and mythology. And then, of course, the interpretation from Hawaiian mythology. So let's talk about the themes from these myths before visiting Creature Quarter.
0: Perfect. So in the version where Orion is killed by Gaia, it seems to me the biggest takeaway is maybe don't threaten to kill all living creatures?
1: Yeah, right? Like, respect nature or it will destroy you, since Gaia is, like, essentially the personification and of, course, of Earth.
0: of course, that relates to the dangers of being prideful. As usual, this myth can also have a more simple function, just as a warning about the deadliness of scorpions. A cautionary tale. Basically a way to pass down information about animals that might harm you.
1: Definitely. I also like the arc that plays out in the versions of the myth where Orion's being killed for trying to force himself on Artemis. But I also find them a little disappointing that he's not punished earlier because there are myths that he, in which he's also sort of like sexually assaulting mortal women. Yeah. And it's like Artemis gets protected in part because she's a goddess, but he's also behaving this way towards mortal women with like no consequences. Yeah,
0: we don't get a lot of information about the Scorpio itself from the Babylonian lore so I don't know that we can really delve into that set of myths without more information yeah but the Maui myth is definitely a creation myth well in that cosmology genre popular use of myth to explain Mm -hmm. the natural world and how we got here
1: yeah I think so I think that's a pretty fairly straightforward analysis here but you know, none of the, none of these myths really had all that much to do with scorpions. Obviously, Maui's Hook wouldn't. But I think we should rectify that and just center the scorpion with a quick detour to Creature Corner. So in Creature Corner, we learn uh, fun facts about the real-life animal behind the constellation. And I usually leave this up to Jordan. So what have you got for us about scorpions, Jordan? Scorpions are
0: fascinating. Let's start with some of the basics. Mm-hmm. Which is that they are arthropods and arachnids, but they're separate from spiders by their presence of a metasoma, which is their tail. And at the end of their tail mm-hmm. is their venomous stinger, which is known as a telson, which is used for defense and prey incapacitation. They're also capable of regenerating lost or damaged appendages, a process known as epimorphic oh. regeneration. As in, they can activate their stem cells to regrow limbs or their tail. They also exhibit a wide range of ecological adaptations, including xerophily, which is a new word I learned, which mm. just means tolerance of dry environments. They're also I nocturnal, don't have that. and they thermoregulate mm. via behavioral and physiological means. Let's talk a little bit about the venom. It's composed okay. of a diverse array of compounds including we got neurotoxins we got cardiotoxins we got cytotoxins oh. and of course these targets physiological systems in the prey last let's mm-hmm. talk about the largest scorpion that ever lived which would be pulmonoscorpius which lived approximately 360 million years ago its remains have been found in scotland it contains one named species so far with the individual having an estimated length exceeding 28 inches. So that's about two and a half foot long scorpion. And some of the ones we have today don't get above an inch or two. So just imagine multiplying that size (laughs) times 25, and you'll have where the Earth was approximately 360 million years ago when scorpions ruled the Earth.
1: Oh my god, I don't like that. Um, yeah, giant scorpion, no thank you. Um, (laughs) I like, and you know what? Small scorpions, also no thank you. Those toxins sound very scary. This is such a ominous and deadly, powerful creature, and it seems like the myths could have made so much better use of the scorpion itself rather than just as, like, a vehicle of death. They sound so interesting.
0: Don't worry, Kit. When we get back for wreck constellation, I'm gonna be bringing that scorpion center stage.
1: Welcome back to our segment, Ret Constellation. In this segment, we reimagine, reboot, and revise the myths of our monthly constellation in the hopes of modernizing, subverting, or deepening the story of our monthly constellation. Or sometimes we just try to make them less cringy. So, you gave us a little bit of a teaser before the break. Uh, So, I want to know all about how the scorpion is taking center stage in your rec Constellation.
0: In my rec consolation, the story goes, Zeus, of course, is known for his jealousy and cruelty. And he often punishes those who defy him. And one day, the giant scorpions, which were much larger and more venomous than the ones we know today, learn of Zeus's secret plans. To punish a group of humans who had dared to speak out against him. How do they learn? Maybe Gaia tells them. Maybe Artemis Mm. tells them. Determined to protect their fellow mortals, the giant scorpions bravely stand up to Zeus and fight to defend the humans who are protesting his reign. Despite their valiant efforts, however, the scorpions were no match for Zeus's divine powers. And he struck them down with his lightning bolts. But the scorpions' bravery did not go unnoticed, and the humans they had protected vowed to honor their memory. They gathered the bodies of the fallen scorpions and petitioned the Olympic gods to have them placed in the sky, where they become scorpions, frozen forever in heavens as a reminder of their selfless sacrifice. From that day on, the people of ancient Greece told the story of Scorpio and the giant scorpions to their children celebrating the bravery and heroism of these noble creatures that came to man's need and warning them of the danger
1: of zeus's wrath Mm, i love it scorpion Mm. protectors um i love the idea of the natural world like rising up against zeus we mortals unite the story (laughs) and the story being about the dangers of zeus's Mm -hmm. temper and honestly, it seems completely in character for Zeus to kill the scorpion on one hand and then on the next day to put it in the sky because he is nothing if not very fickle and <laughs> temperamental. I mean, you get
0: Zeus. What was yeah. your retcon of the Scorpio myth, Kit?
1: Well, I kept it really simple. Um, I liked your retcon of just, like, leaving what? out Orion altogether. But in mine. My... <laughs> But in mine, I decided to retcon the version of the myth where Orion is killed for trying to assault Artemis, since Gaia killing him via Scorpion for threatening to kill all the animals on Earth just seems very legit Totally to legit. Me. No, no. Yep, no problem with that one. So in my reconciliation, the Virgin goddesses who are generally Athena, Artemis, Hestia, I'm going to throw Estrella in before she fled the human world to live in the stars with her scales and all the other sort of maiden goddesses out there, they decide to have a pact where they'll send a scorpion to kill anyone who makes unwanted sexual advances on another person. So what happens is basically, you know, scorpions are everywhere. These are little scorpions are all about. And so when they notice this behavior happening, the scorpion will appear. And if the person doesn't stop, the scorpion will strike them dead. So they sort of get a little bit of a warning, but it's kind of like with a mountain lion. Mm -hmm. Like when you see it, things are bad. Like you probably are not going like almost. You're you're on death's door. So in this case, Orion would have been killed much earlier in his life before he even threatens to kill all the animals. And so the collection of goddesses decide to put Orion and the scorpion in the sky just to remind the world of the deadly consequences of that kind of I pain. mean, can we make this
0: happen in real life, though? Great retcon. Love it. Mm-hmm. Love that we both took it in very different directions from the original myth.
1: Yeah, and if anybody has any Scorpius retcons they want to share, feel free to send them our way. We love to read them, so send them Always our way. Always love you reading them.
0: your retcons. Constellations. Time to wrap things up by getting a little less serious and a lot sillier in our final segment, pop culture superstars. In this segment. We share our favorite and least favorite occurrences of this month's constellation in pop culture, and then we wish upon a star for what we think mm-hmm. should exist.
1: Great. So, do you want to start us off with your favorite?
0: Yes. So, my choice is the Scorpion Ball, which was okay. unfortunately a semi astrology but more horoscope zodiac themed 40th birthday celebration. Uh-huh. For Grace Kelly. What made oh. this party so exciting, or captivated my interest, was her commitment to the bit. First of all, only <laughs> okay. Scorpios were allowed to attend. Or, you had to be <laughs> wow. the spouse of a Scorpio. As well as making sure that only Scorpions themselves could come, she also mandated a dress code of red and black. Uh-huh. The color palette most right, associated obviously. with the Scorpio sign. And in the party, the walls of the hotel that the party was held at were also portraits uh-huh. of famous Scorpios, including Edgar Allan Poe and Marie Antoinette, uh-huh. and was topped off with a giant fuchsia cake that weighed 166 pounds, decorated with an uh-huh. ominous ring of... Of golden scorpions, as well as a giant version of a scorpion.
1: Wow. When you said scorpion ball, I did not go to, um, like, mm-hmm. a gala. I went to, like, a ball of scorpions. <gasps> I was like, well, that sounds... Terrible scary i don't like the sound of that uh but that took a you know a, a more well i would say wholesome but it's really not wholesome it's it's um as bizarre, bizarre.
0: Is, what i really is like bizarre. how much grace kelly really leaned into this bit um apparently she said it was the yeah. best party of her life yep. more so than the, her wedding wow. um i'm also seeing here that the wow. waiters at the party had to wear 18th century style powder wigs velvet red suits they had sequined stars embroidered. Wild. They carried silver candelabras with red candles. It's just a lot of work for your own fortieth birthday. But maybe inspiring That's me come my fortieth birthday to have a little bit of a Leo party <laughs> too. Leo ball. Only Leo well, I'll be it. there. Or <laughs> spouses, partners of Leo's. And everything will be uh, lion themed all the way through. And we'll rent out a hotel and make it happen. Wow.
1: Wow, Wonderful. Great.
0: Well, thank you for listening to my choice. Again, it did veer into the astrology a little bit, but the commitment to the Scorpion Zodiac sign seemed like it was part of it too. So how about you? What was your mm-hmm. favorite occurrence of Scorpio or Scorpius in pop culture?
1: So I oh, cheated. Well then. <laughs> I decided, you know, there wasn't a lot to choose from with Scorpius. Um, we didn't mention that at the top. I feel like we say that a lot, but I expected more for Scorpius just because it's a really good name. Like it's a very, um, yeah, it's got a, it's got a good sound. So um, I, ha- I have I have a a real choice, but then also mm. a cheating choice. So I'm gonna start with the cheating choice, and then I'll tell you what I, the other one I found. Um, so. Scorpius, the constellation, as we mentioned, is also known as Maui's oh, fish. Oh, it is. Hook. And I am quite fond of Maui's fish hook appearance in the hit Disney film. Oh, one Moana. of my top
0: three Disney films. Great choice. Tell us more. <laughs>
1: Especially when discussed in the song mm. Shiny. What a terrible performance. Get the hook. You don't swing it like you used to. Bad. And that's my my favorite um, appearance of Scorpius as Maui's fish hook. I
0: don't think that's cheating at all. I think that's a great way of expanding our pop culture to incorporate different mythos.
1: Yeah. Um, I did also find a board game called Scorpius Freighter, and it sounds sort of like like Star wars you know, it's like, it's set in the Scorpius system. I don't know A or B, uh, or sorry, I don't know if it's Beta 1 or Beta 2 Scorpii, but it sort of sounds like a, like, you're a rebellion and you have to sort of, like, help get re- resources to fighters, um, so that kind of looked interesting, too, um, but, uh, Maui's Fish Hook in Moana was my top choice.
0: All right, Kit, I think we both came up with some pretty good favorite pop culture appearances of Scorpius. Now let's get to our least favorite.
1: Well, I think that I have to preface this by saying it's not spelled the same.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: As is yours spelled the same as the constellation? No. I think we have probably have the same one. Yeah. Uh huh. So we're obviously we obviously have no choice but to choose Scorpius Rex, the season three antagonist of the hit show Camp Cretaceous. This. Dinosaur and listen, we are usually pro dinosaur,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? I I I can't think of a better way to describe us, but this dinosaur, I, I I don't know what it was. The arms, the front arms look like like human arms, and the face just it's just I just I I hate it. I just hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it.
0: I it's an abomination, and we've been talking about it for years now, so this is kind of like mm-hmm. trying not to discuss what our favorite, and least favorite are, you know, behind the scenes here. So it'll be a surprise to us. But this time, it kind of was like we've both known about Scorpius Rex. It's been an ongoing joke of how abominable (laughs) this creature is. And I don't think there was any chance I was going to like something less than that, no matter where I looked. So, yeah, of course, this is a creature that exists in the Jurassic World franchise. It has a very Mm -hmm. snub nose, jagged, uneven teeth. The quote Mm. in the Wikipedia is that its mind has turned out to be as fragmented and unpredictable as its body. Yeah, and Mm. it's just also described here as heavily deformed and grotesque. Like Kit said, it's not spelled the same, but if you do type in Scorpius Rex with an O instead of a U in Scorpius, you can take a look for yourself at this rather horrifying beast.
1: Horrifying. So, yeah, that's definitely my least favorite. I found some other stuff, you know, there's a um there's a particle accelerator called Scorpius that's used for nuclear weapon development slash testing. there's a um a villain called Vladimir Scorpius in a mm-hmm. James Bond novel of the same name Scorpius um who just seems like evil to be evil. but really, you know, like you said, we We watched Camp Cretaceous together for the most part. And, yeah, Scorpius, Rex, just, ooh, just a tough hang. Um, So um, I think that's kind of, that's just uh, what it is, you know? And I think we just have to all move forward uh, and use the Scorpius brand for something better.
0: Speaking of which, Kit,
1: can we get to our last segment here? What
0: Scorpius brand do you wish existed?
1: So I, again, you know, just kind of kept this simple. I think it would be great if there was, like, a Scorpius stun gun. Mm. And it's, like, shaped. It's tiny. And it's shaped mm-hmm. like a scorpion. Uh, the tail's obviously the, like, stingy part. You know, it's not deadly in any way. But um, sort of, like, you know, gonna just uh, persuade people to let you alone. Yeah. It's good for
0: personal safety. Somewhere between pepper mm-hmm. spray and a taser.
1: Yeah, exactly. How about you? What are you wishing for, for the Scorpius brand to do next?
0: Well, when I was thinking about the Scorpius brand, I went back to our creature corner, and I remembered that mm-hmm. great new word I learned, zero philly, which means mm-hmm. tolerance for dry environments. And I was thinking, perhaps a Scorpius branded sunscreen might be where it's at mm-hmm. for people with mm-hmm. very sensitive skin. So if you burn mm-hmm. easily, you put some of this Scorpius sunscreen on, and it's almost as mm. if you have the protection of the Scorpius against the burning sun, and it's like you'll Ooh, be I able like to survive these dry and hostile environments. So that's the Scorpius Ooh, like brand that. that I wish existed. So we got stung. Well, gun. you know I love we an got sunscreens.
1: These sound great. You know, it's only a matter of time before one of these wishes comes true.
0: Thank you for joining us today as we learn all about the constellation Scorpio. Next month on Starry Time, we'll learn about Sagittarius, the archer, of the night sky.
1: This has been Kit and Jordan, sisters, lovers of stars and stories. And we'll see you next time. On sorry time.